So really come again with respect and being realistic about the potential of the substances, but also their limitations uh, is a big part of the work that I do during preparation period. Because as well, it, as it has been very positive nowadays, the more and more people are looking for this, uh, we also need to keep, you know, intention and expectations on the line and make sure everybody knows, yeah, these are not magic bullets. And no, it's not going to cure the depression you had for 20 years, but more that it is, if you step into this journey, you are committing to yourself and you are committing to your own healing journey that it is about to start. And that takes work. That takes effort. It's not just, you know, doing a preparation, coming here and having a journey for six hours, but the real journey starts afterwards and all the changes that you might have to implement in your life afterwards. So when we also make that clear, you see that a person can have agency of their own lives, but uh, yeah, it's, it's work. <laughs> tailored healing collective podcast this is a space for but never limited to people of color we're discussing sacred plant medicine pregnancy parenthood and more you know there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate this fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families create our own businesses and most importantly trust our role in this world as future ancestors so wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. Today, I have the honor of hosting um, one of the founders of Women on Psychedelics, or WHOOP, and I'm speaking with Jessica. I will allow her to go ahead and introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what WHOOP is. Hey, Taylor. Thanks for the invite of being here. Uh, basically, WHOOP is an educational platform that is focused on providing resources for women all across the globe. Uh, what we try to do there is to have a database of articles that can be uh, interesting for any women out there that are trying psychedelics for the first time or have already a different range of experience with it. What we do as well is uh, to share a lot of stories, basically, from each other's experience. And this really helps with uh, normalizing the conversation around psychedelics, uh, around women's mental health in general, but as well, you know, really bringing this topic more 
to the mainstream media and all of that. So yeah, this is a project that is ongoing for two years now, exactly. It just happened that we celebrate two years now in August. And it's very nice to see like how everything we have co-created so far is uh, basically out of collaborations with different women and different women ju that just read an article on the platform and then they are like, oh, I would like to help. And basically that's how everything that is in there has been created. So I'm really proud of that as well because uh, it makes me see how when you do things out of passion, there are people that will come and they will help create this vision for it. Well, thank you for sharing. So I know that we spoke a little bit in our first talk, but could you tell everyone a little bit about what inspired you to create Whoop during the 2020 pandemic? Yeah, so uh, basically there are a few different reasons why uh, we've started with the project. Uh, I did have my own personal reasons for quite some time in which I would just like want to bring uh, more general drug education and more awareness regarding uh, substance use in general and, uh, you know, women's mental health and addiction. And that actually happened because I did have my mother who suffered with drug addiction for most of her life. And yeah, back then, I feel like if we would have more um, openness to talk about these things and really more education regarding drugs, things could have uh, taken a different turn for her life. Uh, so this was my main personal reason why I started, yeah, thought it would be nice to put up some resources out there for women. But as well, like, because psychedelics have done a big part of, um, they represent a big part of my healing journey. And even with working, uh, yeah, with things related to my mother, my, yeah, matriarchal family lineage, but also my entire healing journey. So back then, I kind of joined forces with Tian. Uh, who is also the co-founder from Whoop, and she's from Singapore. And we both live here in Amsterdam. We were uh, working together in a mushroom farm here during the pandemic times. And yeah, she felt like the same way. There was not uh, enough resources that, you know, we could find out there. If we would look on Google for the words women and psychedelics, we would find mainly like articles related to women and sexual abuse in ayahuasca retreats. So that was quite frustrating to find. So we felt like, okay, we, we are not working in the field yet. So we were not sure if we would be the right women to start with a project like that. But we felt like, well, if no one is doing, somebody has to do it. So basically we created the Instagram account and we created the website. And since then it has grown uh, quite a lot. <laughs> I love more than I expected, uh, to be honest. And I really hope that we can continue expanding and reaching out to more women out there. So women on psychedelics is such a strong and powerful name. 
Now, in a mainstream industry that includes mostly men and ceremonies that have been guided by men, why do you believe the feminine presence is so important within the psychedelic space? I love this question. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I can't say yeah from the educational work, but also, you know, from my normal professional work as a guide and really coming more into women's spaces and ceremonial spaces for women. Uh, I really see a difference in the way we lead these spaces and the way we show up in these spaces. Um, it's more like, I think women have a much more sense of like trying to work together and not competing against each other, but like really valuing the things that we can create and really coming from a perspective that we are much stronger if we collaborate and not if we try to be better than the other. And I see that uh, in certain ways, the psychedelic space is unfortunately repeating what has happened in our society for quite a long time. And it is, yes, a very male-dominated space. Uh, but more and more in this past two to three years, I see more women and also women of color coming into the space and like really speaking up. And I think like the way that we have to actually bring more visibility to our work and really make ourselves be heard is by coming together and like highlighting each, other, each other's work. And that's what we try to do through WHOOP as well, is really see like, oh, wow, this woman has something to share and it's so valuable that she deserves you know, a space and a place where we can share her message and we can share her voice. So basically, that's what we try to do as well um, with the project. And yeah, like I, I find, uh, you know, from my own perspective, uh, there's not a lot of Latino women in the space. I am originally from Brazil, which is a country as well that these conversations are not uh, as popular or happening in the same way as they are in the US or here in Europe, uh, because I see there's a lot of um, people are not so open-minded yet. There's a lot of misinformation about it, but still there's a lot of uh, stigmatization yeah, regarding women and drugs use in general. So it's interesting on the other hand to see like how the movement is going forward in different parts of the world. And I really like to see, obviously, like there are a lot of flaws and things that could have could be better by now in the movement in the U.S. But I see how it is a country that is kind of leading how this space is going to look like. And like I said, I feel if I'm trying to look from a positive lens, I feel like we're doing much better than a couple of years ago uh, regarding, yeah, highlighting women in this space and having more women present in panel discussions, in conferences and all of this out there. Uh, but I do think like big part of why this is happening is because more people are speaking up and like really calling out, uh, you know, when there's a conference and, you know, there's not enough women on the board or there's not, a, not enough people of color. And I think that's the responsibility of everybody 
and to really go there and reach out to an organization and say, why are you not doing that? Here's somebody that could be interesting uh, for this conference. And he's somebody that has a lot of knowledge that would add a lot of value to this event. So I think it's like uh, we we all have a role to play in this. And yeah, little by little, we can change things and how this space can look like. I agree. And thank you for those changes that you're beginning to make within your own space in the community, because they are much needed. I believe representation of women is extremely important within this space because it offers balance to everything that's going on, the purging that happens during these experiences and then the integration process after. So thank you for that. So when we're talking about the location that you're in right now, I know that through social media, you probably connect with a lot of people who do live within the United States or within Canada. What are the differences that you've noticed um, in the way that ceremony is held or that the psychedelic space is between the Netherlands where you are in Amsterdam or uh, here in the US or in Canada? Um, Yeah, that's actually very interesting. I think like, there are very big differences, but like I said before, I feel like the U.S. is kind of leading how the space is looking like, and then everything that happens there kind of becomes some sort of a trend or just gives a, a push for the same thing to happen now here in Europe, at least. Um, I see that here, most of what is active is uh, the research um, space. And there's a clear separation between research and everything else. So as well, like we do have a strong spiritual community in Europe and the ways that psychedelics have been used here are quite present as well, especially here in the Netherlands because the magic truffles are legal. But what I do see is uh, around here, there's not enough conversation uh, regarding, yeah, how psychedelics can be used for women or even conversations about inclusion because I don't think these issues are as, you know, highlighted and discussed as they should be and how they are right now in the U.S. And I'm not quite sure because, yeah, here in Amsterdam, which is a place that is uh, considered to be very open-minded, very international city, we don't often, uh, people don't often know how to show up for this type of discussions or they don't, they don't really know, yeah, how to talk about inclusion or anything like that. So this is like a difference that I see, uh, that I find I, we don't know yet how to bridge here. But I, I feel like I'm really excited uh, by seeing how much yeah, again, it happened in this past two years there and how much the movement is changing. And as the, with the pace now, like, you know, with documentaries going on Netflix and all of that, how things are really going more mainstream and on the path to legalization. And nowadays I see, you know, older people or people that, you know, didn't know anything about psychedelics that are showing interest on it and they are looking at it uh, with a lens that is no longer, you know, of fear and of, 
you know misinformation about it so it's i find that is really exciting for me that is exciting to be able to connect with so many different people who are new to the space because i'm sure fear is something that is very common that comes up but also curiosity so getting to guide people through that um, must be an interesting journey to start off on, but one that is, I'm sure, well worth the transformation that you help people through. Exactly, exactly. I have like, for since How to Change Your Mind was released, there, you have no idea how many clients are coming to us and looking to have, you know, a psychedelic experience for the first time or like a guidance for that so I find it's really exciting times but as well again I want to reinforce how important it is education uh, in these times because yeah we love these compounds we know what they can do but also it's so important to acknowledge that they are not for everybody and there are certain ways and containers that they are best being used yeah so what have you learned through your practice about drug policy and harm reduction since you have so many people who are interested right now? Yeah, so again, drug policy and harm reduction is a topic that I see not very often discussed here. I see much more uh, being much more discussed there in the US. And I think for me, uh, when we have harm reduction, things look much brighter than when we don't consider things from that perspective. Uh, I see a lot of harm reduction happening here when it comes to uh, peer support in music festivals or anything like that. And this is something that I also see it's still lacking much of because uh, there are the barriers like legalization again, in which uh, because things are illegal, we are not being able to provide the right support uh, for users, especially recreational users. And if we would take a step further and legalize that, we could have many more people doing that uh, in a safer way. Uh, but as well, like we would have much more people, yeah, talking about it and coming up, you know, to this space with uh, a lens that it's okay uh, to take drugs and you don't, you're not going to be, you know, judged or anything like that by it because it's a simple uh, human behavior that is there since the beginning of times. I agree. Um, so one thing I did want to go back on was we talked about how women on psychedelics is a powerful name that you chose. Now in your tagline, I did see that you are representing BIPOC women within this space. So can you speak a little to why you believe it's important for BIPOC women to be represented? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So basic, basically for whoop, uh, uh, we what we're trying to do and I want to yeah reinforce there I don't think we're doing enough yet and I really hope that in the next years uh, we're gonna be uh, doing much more of that is I have 
myself as a Latin American woman. I have Tian as an Asian woman coming from Singapore. We have Nigozi from Botswana. And, you know, the three of us now, what we're trying to do is like really see how can we bring more articles and more things regarding uh, being a BIPOC woman in this space and how we can bring discussions on creating safe spaces, you know, for women of color as well. And I think uh, right now, the best way to do so uh, through the type of platform that we have is to really uh, bring more information on what a safe space looks like for different women and what a, how can a well what a safe space safety looks like for me as a latin american woman but what a safe space looks like for an asian woman and really try to bring more awareness to the different barriers that we all have when it comes to coming to a place for a ceremony but also coming to an event or conference and being able to speak out loud and not be afraid of like what is going to happen to you if you do that. So in general, I think what we need more is other platforms as well to bring more awareness or what are, on what are the different barriers for BIPOC women. And I'm so happy to see that uh, more and more on Instagram, I find platforms also like yours that is bringing women to podcasts or doing interview and really bringing all these different lenses that is just not one single lens. It's such a rich variety of lenses, you know, with different socioeconomical backgrounds and cultural backgrounds that just makes things uh like it brings really people to see and understand the, complex, the complexities of these issues, but also to step from their own uh, positions and try to see the world through somebody else's uh, perspective. So, Yes, and thank you. That is one goal I have through this podcast. I love speaking with all people, especially women, but BIPOC women, of course, because that is my cultural experience in this lifetime and the body, I believe, when I've gone through my own uh, spiritual journeys uh, with sacred medicine, one thing I've learned is I chose to inhabit this body for a reason. And it was because this specific experience is one that needs to be talked about, but also transformed and changed from the way it's been looked at throughout society and throughout time. So I'm grateful, though it can be difficult. Like you said, creating that representation is very important within this space. So I hope that more people can come and find Whoop and share their story so that it can continue to grow in diversity. Yeah, the same for you with your podcast. I know like uh, how it is for this work. Sometimes you need to create an even thicker skin, <laughs> uh, especially if you want to talk about things that make people uncomfortable. But because it makes people uncomfortable, that's precisely why we need to talk about it. And we need to have more and more spaces and platforms like this uh, that people can come and, you know, maybe live with a different perspective on something or live with a different opinion on something or at least live with, you know, I'm 
happy to have a discussion with you and I'm happy to see like maybe how can I can change my mind about something so yeah so working as a guide what or how do you feel about the differences between the clinical and then the spiritual aspects of working with this medicine mm, yeah so basically here uh the model that I work with is not shamanic at all and also not fully clinical like psychotherapy, the psychotherapeutical model that we have right now for psilocybin. Uh, from my personal and professional perspective, I think the best approach is a bit of a bridge from both worlds. I think actually science and spirituality are uh, intertwined and these are not things that should be separated uh i see a cycle of transformation of a person uh really include includes the spiritual aspect as well and not just like you know body mind and i find uh, that at least here most of the clients that i have they can come with a certain uh mental health uh, problem or they're going through a difficult phase in their lives and oftentimes at the end of a session uh, with psilocybin many of them do have a spiritual experience and that doesn't matter if they have a spiritual practice or not or if they believe in god or not but the living experience that they have you know of being present of connecting with the essence of who they are. Uh, it really brings out that spiritual side of a person that we have been so disconnected from for many, many years, especially in Westernized societies. Uh, I see a big difference even uh, of how it is for people here and how it was for me when I grew up in Brazil because I was raised, you know, with uh, religion. But yeah, as a spirituality as well. I was raised, you know, as a, Catholic, but also in Spiritism, which is an African religion. So I had two religions at once. And that really bring out uh, a lot of my, yeah, spiritual side. I, I don't follow those religions nowadays, but I can see how they set up a base for the things I believe on today and most of my spiritual practices today. So yeah, those are just my thoughts on it. <laughs> I love hearing about bridging that gap between science and spirituality because I hear many different opinions all the time. I'll hear people who are just mostly integrated in just the spiritual side and honoring ancestors that they come in contact with. And there are people who only want to go the clinical route because they trust in science very much. But combining the two, like you said, I think offers a new perspective and you're not denying one world or the other. You just get a chance to bring both of them together. Exactly. And especially when, you, yeah, you know, talking about the work as a guide uh, and yeah, a lot of people have discussions nowadays and appropriations, depending with what medicine you are working with. But I found like if you can connect deeply with something, whether there, there is a Western model or it is more of a shamanic approach and you find like what are the things that reflect with you and speak to your soul that you can bring into your practice uh, with respect. Uh, this is the best uh, 
toolkit that you will have as a guide. And for me, uh, what happened very recently that I thought it was so interesting is that I attended to a woman-only retreat last week that was a shamanic retreat. And I could see the differences in how that space was being held for how I hold space with my more of a Western approach. And there were things in that container that could only exist in that type of shamanic container. And in that, yeah, more of a spiritual space that were so valuable for my experience that it's really hard for me, you know, to ignore something like that and say, no, we should do only in this way and following these protocols because that's, you know, the a better way or anything like that. I think we have so much to learn from these practices and from indigenous cultures in general that have been working with these medicines for hundreds of years that when we bridge both things together, always respecting and collecting what do you think will add the most for your practice and for the people that are coming to work with you, that's when you can truly do like, you know, some really beautiful work. So what would you suggest to a woman who is coming to you who knows nothing about psychedelics, but is experiencing a lot of trauma and pain has maybe heard things about it, but is apprehensive? How do you guide someone through that? Uh, yes, first, uh, like I said before, education, education, education. So what I always try to do first is to see uh, how far they are in their own research about these compounds and why they think this is something that could be good for them. Because when we start from that base and, yeah, you know, like they can read other women's experience and there will always be something that they can connect to their own experience it really helps to create this uh, more safety within themselves and more clarity in what they are searching for. Uh, so I would say like, for me, that's step one. And with that, I've have been recommending a lot, you know, to watch documentaries like How to Change Your Mind or Dosed, or even read a few different articles uh, that we can find a lot of very good articles in Double Blind Magazine, for example. Uh, so I think, uh, as a first step, that's something that I always uh, advise. But as well, like really check within your own network or in your community if there are more women that are already venturing, you know, in this space. Uh, because oftentimes we do have women that are close to us, but we never talked about it. So we don't know that they are out there. So really go with this lens of curiosities and talk more about it with each other can really bring, you know, it can really help when you have conversations with people that you know that have already had this experience before and what this has done for them uh, personally. And yeah, um, I think as well, another thing that it's really helpful for my clients is to really help them understand uh, how powerful these experiences can be, but also how destabilizing they can also be if you're not doing 
it, you know, under the right set setting and those and with the right guidance. So really come again with respect and being realistic about the potential of the substances, but also their limitations uh, is a big part of the work that I do during preparation period. Because as well, it, as it has been very positive nowadays, the more and more people are looking for this, uh, we also need to keep, you know, intention and expectations on the line and make sure everybody knows, yeah, these are not magic bullets. And no, it's not going to cure the depression you had for 20 years, but more that it is, if you step into this journey, you are committing to yourself and you're committing to your own healing journey that it is about to start. And that takes work. That takes effort. It's not just, you know, doing a preparation, coming here and having a journey for six hours, but the real journey starts afterwards and all the changes that you might have to implement in your life afterwards. So when we also make that clear, you see that the person can have agency of their own lives, but uh, yeah, it's, it's work. <laughs> and that led me to another question I had for post-work after they have been through the experience. Do you find it important to tell them how to integrate it into their lives after, let's say they don't ever want an experience again, or that they might want <laughs> to try it again? Yeah, so integration is also a big part of the work that we do here uh, as guides for the organization I work for, uh, Psychedelic Insights. And we always include integration calls on it uh, that are, of course, fully optional. But what I try to do during preparation process is to really emphasize the importance of the integration period, especially the period of 21 days after your journey, because yeah, that's when neuroplasticity is happening, but also it's a period of time that you can really bring about change into your life or certain behavior patterns or habits and anything like that. Uh, yeah, that being said, it's as well, integration is something that cannot be forced to anybody. It needs to be something light. A person needs to be able to do that with joy and it needs to be something that is all, it is almost effortless because they are doing that because they know it's good for them and they will feel much better about themselves and about their lives if they do that. So whether it is a small practice of meditation in the day-to-day, -day, a walk in the forest or really changing the way you show up in a relationship or the way you show up to work. And I find, uh, yeah, like with most of the clients that I have, uh, people are really open uh, when it comes to the integration part. But I see that a lot of them still struggle after a certain period, you know, to keep following up and really changing the difficult parts. <laughs> and yeah then another thing that I see with that uh that actually I see much more you know in general in the psychedelic space is just people going from one journey to the other without integrating you know the lessons that show up in the first one and right now I'm in a stage of like really trying to learn more about different methods and how I can really 
bring out the best on my integration practice so I can also bring that out to my clients and hopefully also write more articles on Whoop about it. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a part of the space that is everybody's talking much more about it than two years ago, but we still have so much more to learn in there. In your honest opinion, what kind of results have you seen from doing this work? Uh, it's incredible. Uh, I, f- I see that I'd say 90% of the clients that I have, they rate the experience that they have here when they come for a session in the top three of the most life-changing experiences that they ever had. Uh, so obviously, yeah, these are really exciting <laughs> numbers, if you can say so. Uh, but what is more interesting for me is that when it really comes to the integration calls, I really see a difference uh, on the way the person is talking, much more calm, much lighter. Or at the end of a session, I really see a difference, you know, in their facial expression and how their body language looks like. And it's so amazing to look at those details and see like, yeah, something changed for this person. Uh, And for me, that's a very rewarding and a a a great reminder of why I do the work that I do. That's great to see. And I'm hoping that more people, they have good experiences. I have heard about people who have gone through it and they experience what, I don't know if this term is relevant where you are, but called dark night of the soul, where they, mm-hmm. they you know, have these bad experiences because of traumas that have happened throughout their lives. But my hope is that if they do choose to participate in the ceremony again, they allow themselves to work through these things in a gentler method than most people are used to. Yes, exactly. Uh, If, yeah, I've known a few people who have had experiences like that. And uh, like I said before, I think what is important in that case is like to really have the proper container and the proper support system that you can, you know, work with after having the experience. And that's where I find that community is a big, big thing. And having people, you know, that you can talk about it, whether it is like a woman's circle or an online event, but somewhere that you can share and have people validating the experience that you had is already of a lot of big help. But also, in the places in the world that you are able to look for a therapist or an integration guide that can help you unpack all of that. Uh, Negative or so-called negative, difficult, challenging experiences can have so big positive outcomes. Uh, And I see that in real life as well. Uh, At least for me, the most challenging periods of my life were, were also the periods of biggest transformation and they often represented new beginnings and uh, a new me so like as well periods of rebirth so what does transformation mean to you in your own life with the experiences that you had not just as a guide but as someone who has received the medicine uh yes uh, transformation to me is an ongoing process. <laughs> and yeah, I think 
it's a lot about constant change. Uh, well, and change is the only constant that we have, but also always seeking to be the best version uh, that I can be and really dive deeper uh, within myself to be able to connect more and more with my essence and what I want to bring to this world with my passions, uh, with my creative side, with my feminine side. And transformation is also where we all have, you know, the potential to create something beautiful together and not only we focus, you know, on our individual selves, but really bring about change to our world and the way we want to see our world in the future and yeah, what we want to do for the next generations. It's beautiful. So to close out the conversation, would you be able to tell the audience anything that they can receive at the current moment from Whoop or any offerings that you all may have for them, for anyone who is curious or looking for some sort of community support? Yes. Uh, so with Whoop right now, we are hosting more local events here in Amsterdam. So this is going to be more for the audience that is in the Netherlands or people that want to travel to here. Uh, and as well, from October onwards, we're going to start an integration circle online. And I'm going to be doing that by donation because I really want to be accessible to the women that really need it. And it's something that I want to keep it regularly uh, for the next months to come. But it's just a start on this part of, you know, creating community and giving support. And so that would be like uh, something that I would like to highlight out there. And for any women that feel called to take part on, whether it is, you know, just by sharing their stories and their experiences but also if there are any other facilitators out there that would like to take part on this uh project as well it's just yeah you can always reach out uh to us via instagram or to our email that is woman of psychedelics at gmail.com i will be sure to link the website as long as far as the um, the Instagram as well, with all of the great articles and images that you have. I love the imagery, by the way, on the page that it's seen. It's always so beautiful. Thank and you. of course, and I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us about community within women and for creating this organization in such a tough and challenging time right now for everyone and especially for women right now as well. And to be able to bring a new perspective to light that's going to really change up the conversation of what this looks like in modern day society. Yes, it's all like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> It's difficult road, but it, it is well worth the journey. I agree. It is. It is. And yeah, I hope more and more women are out there are doing the same within the next months and years. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> Me too. Well, thank you again, Jessica. And until next time, this has been the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. And as always, let love lead the way. Peace.
amount of success. I am sure of what is coming and let the universe do the rest. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again and again. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I manifest what I want again. 